Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, wait. Are we asking for questions? Go oh, categories? Yeah, can you put this at the top also, yeah. Kato? Uh, <laughs> Attention Waypoint Gamers. Well, no. I thought uh, about doing it at the top, but then we were going to talk about the Activision stuff, and it's like, cool, let's ask for some goofy Game of the Year questions at the top. Also, what's going on with that potential strike at Activision Blizzard? Uh, we're, 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 uh, we're doing only uh, two Game of the Year podcasts. One's going to be a holiday mailbag, so if you want to write in just holiday questions, you want to do a fresh batch of questions that's not just all the stuff that we're working through, um, that we haven't gotten to because we're bad about, we've been better about doing mailbag stuff lately. Um, but if you want to send in some new you know, questions, do that to uh, uh, gamingadvice.com. But the other request is we are going to do a game of the year pod where we talk about like our favorite game of the year. And I don't know, maybe shout out some, some other stuff that we uh, liked. Um, the other half of that is my thought was what if the reader, the listeners um, and also readers, cause I'll write it in the newsletter uh, to, um, today today tomorrow today uh you should come up with categories for us to fill um and so we need to get those in i think we're gonna record that next wednesday that's tentatively when we've we've set the recording um uh and uh, we will go through those so people have some time to think about them although i'll probably keep some categories a surprise to the recorders um but yeah give us give us give us uh categories to fill those, those can be serious they can be silly but uh if you write those in for game of the year um put that in the title uh to gamingadvice.com for categories for us to think about the year that was um also gamingadvice.com people send things to waypointadvice.com and it, it hits some where but it's understandable because if you just search for an email to send it to yeah. like that's the one we do for freelance uh, pitches so you know if it ends Gaming. up there we'll I, I i get it and rob gets that email so okay. it won't get lost but it's it, it is easier if you send it to gamingadvice.com it also hits my email but they get lost <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they're in well. there somewhere i should set up a filter Shit. anyway back to the outro oh i that's set up I the I best do. filters the other day but anyway that's not wait is this the beginning of the podcast or the end of the podcast I this it both what's good internet it's December 10th and you are listening to Waypoint Radio episode 447 I'm your host Rob Zachney and today I'm joined by Patrick Klepek hey hey our producer Ricardo Contreras you and uh, I think we're eagerly awaiting the the game awards. I know I've got plans to stay up late all night. Just which of the which of the games that we didn't nominate for any of these categories? Uh, did like will will taking the awards home? Um, I think it was it was really indicative of what a little island we're on. That of like all the things we we nominated for the different categories, almost none of our picks got through. Did anything? Did any, was not, anything? Not even uh, one. Not even a one. Well, we liked some weird stuff, though. Yeah, that's no, true. We do. 
But like, I'm really surprised that you know there there wasn't more love for Inscription out there. Is what it, I came, it came too late. Uh, I think that's one of those games that they released in October. Like it almost came out around. I I don't know exactly when we had to submit that stuff, and Inscription came out. Um, Inscription came out on October 19th, an important yeah. date because of the things that happened in that game. <laughs> Correct. I was looking. Th- I was looking through the list of, of, of <laughs> games. But you know what? It allows us to enjoy. Like we don't have a dog in this fight. All our dogs are dead. (laughs) So, (laughs) well, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, I, I, you know, especially given like the weird comments that Keely made and then tried to to walk back about Activision. uh, Like, I don't blame people if you don't want to watch the show. (laughs) I, I'm, I'm kind of there for the car crash, Uh, and then. You know, occasionally you get, you know, like, was it last year or the year before when, you know, you get the Disco Elysium folks up there being like, yo, Marks, like, that's dope. <laughs> like, I'm I'm here for that. Uh, uh, you know, I'm I'm crossing my fingers. There are folks out there that'll use their platform to, you know, shout out what's happening over at Activision. Like, go contribute to their million dollar strike drive. I, I mean, I don't know. Like, maybe. Um, and then I don't know. And then there'll be like an Alan Wake 2 trailer. Like that would be all right. <laughs> Both of those things would be awesome, actually. <laughs> actually. If, uh, if, if we caused an explosion of strike fundraising, and uh, we should, we should have had too, a, you know, be... if we were, if we, we had more forethought into what we do for a living, we would have like made a bingo card, but like oh, purposely making a bingo card that will never fill up. Yeah, like here are all the things that could happen tonight. The game that could happen that will absolutely not happen. <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. Let's. Uh. Put that away for next year to not do, but I'll then say it would have been funny. Name which categories they will announce uh, during commercial breaks. And, uh, <laughs> you'll never see any human involved with any of those picks. Fuck. <laughs> so we we should talk a little bit about the Activision situation. Uh, yes. Like, obviously, there was the Game Awards connection to it, which is uh, basically that as often happens around the Game Awards, uh, Keeley and the show end up like trying to navigate this weird space where this is entirely an event underwritten by major players it's E3. in the industry. Yeah. It's E3 that uses the notion of an award show to launder a bunch of like marketing trailers. And, you know, that that is that is it was true when it started on Spike TV and re- remains true even as Akili went independent. Um, I think the show as a production has gotten better. You know what I mean? Like it is a more yeah. watchable experience. Uh, you know, I it's mean, still that Joel McHale one, an all timer. <laughs> uh, do you want to watch Joel McHale just make fun of Jeff Keeley for three hours? Uh, go back and watch that. It was one of the most. I also believe that's where No Man's Sky was. I did. For man, I also remember uh, when they were trying to make Joel McHale care about Tress FX, the uh, <laughs> NVIDIA hair technology. <laughs> And he just started mocking like the side by side comparisons. He was like, "Yeah, those characters look like shit, but wow, that hair." <laughs> also, Tresemex never looked that like uh, like hair effect. That never really weird. took off. I always no. remember that being the uh, like Tresemex came out around the time that my PC was like could run th- like most things pretty well. And every time a new game came out, it was like, "Hey, just." 
just turn that off. Like you'll gain like 15 frames. Like yeah, just turn that off. Huge performance hit to recreate. Even if you had the card that supported it, there was like, right. hey, in theory, this should be a no performance hit because you're, you know, I had a 1080, right? Like I, I was like, I'm, I'm good to go. I should be able to play the new Tomb Raider just fine. It was like, no, actually, if you want to hit 60, I can turn that off. Well, and then Tress Effects always gave hair the quality of like tinsel being draped over a Christmas tree. Uh, it never looked like, <laughs> wow. like it was like, what if hair had the material properties of tinsel uh, is, is basically how it works. Well, because it, like, needed, it needed to flow. Like, I feel like that was like also like early like capes and dresses as they figured out the animations on that to make it look quote unquote more realistic. It was like, well, now it just feels like they're blowing in wind to make Constantly. you to remind you. They're like, look, it moves. Uh so actually, yeah. like the hair, like your game performed better and the hair looked more naturalistic. Yeah, you turn on dress effects and you activate like shampoo commercial mode, uh, <laughs> effectively, where like uh, every single sequence is unfolding with like a fan uh, off screen and glam and, and glam lighting uh, above. But so the reason this so is that, all so that sets up, up right like now. what has been yeah. I don't know like act three or four of this ongoing um, you know conversation. And like sort of like divulging of issues within Activision Blizzard as a company, which obviously starts earlier in the year with all sorts of different reporting, um, you know, sort of uncovering and exposing uh, various uh, sort of like Mina's upset. Like she's she understands. Um, (laughs) And uh, that has sort of taken Rob is excusing himself to go (laughs) to go take care of of Mina. We're talking about something very serious. Don't you? I put up the serious sign like like he needs like a red sign for like serious talk is happening on the podcast Mina um <laughs> and you know you can go back and listen to previous podcasts where we we've, we've kind of picked up the beats along the way and like the Keeley comments which sort of set everyone off <laughs> last Friday uh then carry into this week in which you know Activision you know a company looking for a W um uh in in which it just wants to give they itself could look harder <laughs> they could they could um uh, essentially, uh, Activision laid off a uh, like a like roughly a third of Raven Software's QA team. Raven Software, a company that we recently highlighted on a stream because they used to be a, a studio that did all sorts of interesting uh, original uh, license work. I have fond memories of Heretic, Hexen, um, their Jedi Knight games. Uh, came up through uh, there. Um, they made didn't they make some interesting Wolfenstein stuff? They, like they made, they the made a, they, they made the interesting modern Wolfenstein game before uh, Machine Gun or Machine Games uh, got got their hands on it. Um, uh, I, I didn't. It was like a pseudo open world. It, like and then Raven became uh, as Call of Duty swept through Activision Blizzard, um, the Activision side specifically, uh, a support studio where they were making maps for. Call of Duty sequels on an annualized basis. And then with the launch of Warzone, um, they are like one of the main support, one of the primary drivers of, of new content into that. Um, and they also have a, a fairly extensive QA team um, that works, you know, go read Motherboard, um, in which <laughs> uh, Lorenzo has done an enormous amount of reporting about the rampant cheating and their uh, efforts to uh, knock that stuff down, in which, you know, cheating is just fundamentally exponentially uh, way harder to deal with in free to play uh, due to the accessibility of the games. All that said, um, 
Activision lays off a third of their QA team. My understanding, if I remember, this is like a little fuzzy because it's been, you know, like, you know, almost a week now since some of this broke. Like people had been had like moved to Madison, Wisconsin. Shout outs to one of the few. (laughs) There's more of them these days than there were before. But like one of the few Raven for a long time was like, you can make video games in the Midwest. It's possible Uh, as they're located in um, in a pretty cool Wisconsin city. And uh, like some people were promoted, but a third of their QA um, was uh, just straight up, I guess. Depending on uh, if you want to adopt Activision's line, their contracts weren't renewed, which is basically just a layoff um, um, or a firing. Um, And this comes if you've been on Instagram, if you've been anywhere on the Internet. Boy, you've seen a lot of advertisements for a big new map coming to Call of Duty Warzone. Um, And so uh, the fact that these folks were putting in this sort of uh, kind of, you know, redundancy, as corporate speak often puts it, um, at a time when the company – uh, is being criticized for how it treats workers, um, how it's handled, how its workers have been treated. Uh, this It doesn't take much to set off like what otherwise would just be a round of bad headlines uh, into uh, another firestorm for the company. And so as a result, uh, a bunch of uh, folks at Raven Software who are not in the QA department um, walked out um, in solidarity with uh, the QA team uh, that was not, that had their contracts um, not picked up or that they weren't promoted so they become full-time employees. Um, This uh, then uh, has continued uh, into uh, the most recent development uh, in the, in the past 24 hours. And when you, when you listen to this, um, there was a, uh, there's now a GoFundMe page um, that describes itself as a strike fund um, by the, the Activision Blizzard workers Alliance Um, uh, they're trying to raise a uh, uh, million dollars. As of right now, it's one hundred and thirty-three thousand and four hundred and seventy-six with a ten thousand donation from. I've been tracking the top donations because I think there's probably like some interesting stories in there for the people who are putting in the most. Uh, ten thousand dollars from Rowan Rowden. Who are who are you? Co-founder of Dual Wield Studio. I don't know who that is, but they just submitted ten thousand dollars for this. Uh, this fund, it is. Um, so it was sort of unclear when it launched. What is this f- for? You know, um, obviously the response from the people who work at Activision Blizzard, who are were either directly affected or indirectly or in solidarity with folks who who were affected by what's happened to that company in the past, present, um, and trying to make it better for the future. Um, they've been awkwardly trying to figure out like doing walkouts and organizing and having a relationship with the press. Like all of this is kind of happening in real time. Um, And so I think this morning as we were recording, when this, when this went out, there was some confusion over like, is this a general strike pool? Is this a strike pool that is meant for the QA workers who are walking out at Raven? Um, Jason Schreier at Bloomberg um, has since clarified that it seems like this is like at least primarily at the at the time meant for folks who are are striking in solidarity with the Raven Software QA folks. Um, and so they're, you know, I don't know if they're going to hit a million, but they're well on their way in one day um, towards towards amassing uh, quite a bit of money um, to then use to cover folks who, uh, you know, it is common for companies to retaliate uh, if workers go on a voluntary strike. Um, to essentially like dock their wages, you know, dock their pay um, as a result, um, especially if you've like run out of 
as wire cutter employee, employees. Yes, go look at the New York Times being mm-hmm. sued by the uh, being sued as a result of how they've yeah treated wire cutter their acquired um, sales uh, tech website. Um, it's just kind of where we stand now. Um, is is uh, apparently unionization cards have been handed out um, at Raven. What that means exactly like is unclear this is happening at the same time that there are three starbucks uh uh locations uh, in new york right um yeah. are uh, uh one voted in favor of unionization do we have the ruling on the third one one voted yes and uh, one voted no ballots are being challenged is last the so it's close reported but it, that means it's, it's close, not it right? wasn't that close it was like 15 to 7 but a bunch mm. of ballots are just being challenged. So it sounds like it went gotcha. through and like there's a Hail Mary underway. Okay. Uh, At the very least, one voted yes. Like that is a like the fact that we sort of like and I guess this is the, to open up to the bigger picture conversation. Like, I don't know where this leads. Do I think this leads to Activision Blizzard as a company unionizing? Probably not. Um, uh, do I think that like all Starbucks employees are suddenly going to be like in a union? Probably not. That said, like relative to where we have been a a strike fund yeah. like in the pursuit of giving people financial cover to try and take steps that they cannot do because they don't have a union and then uh people at places like actually the correlation like the the parallel between uh QA and overlooked uh underserved uh overworked uh constantly blamed for the problems of a video game employee and then also like baristas, like there's a lot, there's like a lot of parallels between like how society treats those two jobs. And the fact that we are like sitting in a moment in which I don't know what the end game is, but the fact that there is movement towards empowering those people and recognizing those people, I take as highly encouraging signs, even if I don't know where the material gains are of that tomorrow, a week from now, a month from now. It's also probably worth mentioning that like this is all in the context of Activision Blizzard's uh, like scandals for one, but then also like this week we heard further stories of just like sort of the more routine uh, like workplace discrimination against women at the Blizzard offices. Uh, right, there was instance. the whole Lisa Bloom, the you know the women's victim advocate who has come under criticism in the past for consulting with Harvey Weinstein around the time that he was uh, being started to be, you know, dragged <laughs> through the shit for all the shit that he has done uh, over over the years. But, like, she was out in front um, with someone who, uh, you know, had said they'd, you know, been harassed um, uh, in front. And they they did this press conference in front of the Activision Blizzard offices. Um, and as a result of that, then there were a bunch of stories. I can't remember. I think we were alluding to Rob is, like, for, stories like, uh, like uh, women having their breast milk um, stolen out of refrigerators at Activision make Blizzard. make to make room for beer. Yeah. Women uh, the fact that who, they were never given adequate pumping rooms, uh, yeah. that they were running extension cables uh, into because they had no seats where they could pump. So they would or were kicked out in favor of overworked de- development teams that needed to take a nap. Um, right. Which is like shit, like shitty. on like so stirring so many layers to that shit onion yeah. of like an over like a, a developer who is overworked to the point of having to take a nap, kicking out a woman who is <laughs> there breastfeeding is just Ah, like you just right, want and, to and scream. I think there's, and so like it's an interesting context this is all taking place in where you have sort of a, a very clear uh, like, you know, inciting or precipitating event in Madison with uh, a bunch of QA workers 
being let go without warning. But it's all in this context of this understanding that there's been a like lots of different roles for different people, depending on who and where you are within Activision Blizzard. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people who are on the lower rungs of these various ladders uh, just being given an enormous amount of uh, shitty treatment, be that financial, be that interpersonal, uh, be that just like general workplace, workplace cultural. Uh, so it, it does, it, it does sort of seem like, you know, when you, when you sort of alluded to Activision Blizzard could, could use it, use a dub, uh, they're just taking L's everywhere in public. It's one of those things where now that people are like talking about, Hey, was, you know, once you start talking about like, hey, this kind of seemed fucked up, but like how fucked up was it? Every single as as every Activision studio seems to be going through this process of like examining their current conditions and conditions for the past uh, several years uh, does not seem like there's a little happy stories being told. No, and I think what you're seeing is as. There hasn't, uh, you know, there have been, you know, whispers and stories of. Departments within Activision, you know, trying to clamp down on people talking, but largely it seems like people have avoided, you know, sort of like they've not been like really like public firings for people like telling stories about what's happened to them. That's just emboldening people like every time the company steps in it and makes just, uh, you know, the worst possible turn, which is in 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 you know, in step with what they've done before. Again, this is, a, you know, a company that like famously laid off a bunch of people while proclaiming to have their best quarter ever. Um, God, like yeah. that is just, yeah, that is just like the company that this is. So none of this is surprising. I think is what is probably surprising to them is the reaction. They're used to going through the cycle of we'll do something shitty and evil. A place like Waypoint or Kotaku will drag us. There'll be a bunch of social media stuff. And then we just move on. Mm-hmm. And what's fascinating here is that, the the backlash or the like the stories that are coming out afterwards are just I don't know it's it's fueling a fire longer it's more sustained again I don't know where that lands um and where that like materially changes people's conditions but it feels different and like these 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 milestones feel bigger mm-hmm. um that it does it does seem inevitable that we're headed towards something I just don't know I don't know what that something is because frequently you don't understand what those somethings are and you know, until you have the benefit of hindsight. Yeah, it's uh, no, it's a story that we'll definitely be keeping an eye on. I think the other important thing to remember is that this is kind of just a cross industry uh, story right now. Like it's like right now, Activision is dominating the headlines, right? But it is not like Ubisoft ever actually did a convincing house cleaning. No, it comes comes even just like in society, like during COVID, like what they're calling like the, the great, the great resignation, resignation. Yeah. right? In which people like there is so much, uh, you know, when you when you go down the street and you see that like every fast food place needs workers, like that isn't just <laughs> those places. Like it's everywhere. Like people are just have you know are, are leaving their jobs, finding finding new jobs, finding better jobs, finding ones that are more accommodating and make them happier. And so I think we are we we are at this massive inflection point. Um, who's like the lessons of the consequences, the ramifications are like stuff we just won't know for, you know, months, years from now. But, <laughs> but it all feels like it's part of the same story. The distinction I draw, though, um, is that I think a lot of times there's been this attitude of, well, if you don't like conditions here, you can leave. You can go find a better job. And that's that is the way that workers can exercise their power. Uh, 
I think one of the things, one of the like fair arguments to make is that workers shouldn't have to, right? Like if you mm. like your job at Blizzard, for instance, yeah. you like the games you are making, you like the team you are with. You maybe you came sh- here because this was your fucking dream was like, I love World of Warcraft. Now I'm working on World of Warcraft. Like, why should you have to go somewhere else? Because you're being sexually harassed. Maybe stop right. that part. Right. Or like, <laughs> you, or you shouldn't, or you want to make progress in the industry. Well, go find a job, not at Raven in, and not in Madison wisconsin well again you shouldn't have to you know you shouldn't have to like have to like overturn your life to like at like to get these small concessions and so and so i think like when i look at some of these things happening across the industry it it feels like there's there's also just been a lot of like building up pressure just in terms of uh the like historically i think that you know it it was always it was easy to tell people the QA was your way in, right? Like QA is where you start. That's the mail room of the games industry. Yeah. Uh, using the old corporate analogy. And, you know, uh, you know, many were called, but few will be chosen, but some of you will make it out of QA into like long hours, real, low pay, but your foot's in the door. Right. Meet people. Right. And then you can move on to real game dev mm-hmm. uh, jobs, like higher up. Never mind the fact that QA is like critical to make any of the others function. But <laughs> you can then get like real gigs uh, if you prove yourself. And maybe someday you might even have like some sort of some modicum of like creative control over some part of a game. It's funny you and, say that because the, the, one of the other things that gets bandied about is like, you're getting paid to play games when you're in QA. It's just like, which is it? Is it I'm getting a foot in the door or is this where what's, I'm stopping because what's it's hilarious, a good gig, like, quote unquote. <laughs> playing playing an unoptimized in-progress game <laughs> is like one of the least fun things. Like, shit, man. <laughs> right. it's, like the, it's like the flip of our jobs uh, where it's like people think that we play video games all day. Nope. Do that at night <laughs> no. when your family's asleep. Yeah. Right. And do admin tasks. All day. Uh, and then QA, uh, you know, it's like, yeah, here you do play games all day. But what if they sucked shit and you had to, like, shoot a gun into a wall for it's three like hours? It's like testing cars <laughs> with square wheels in a lot of yeah. ways, right? Where it's like, you know, yeah. when we put these on the road, the wheels will be round. But you, <laughs> but you on the other hand. You got to deal with those square wheels for yeah. a little while. And, actually, and, you and know what? what you're testing I, is the fucking turning radius, not the fucking wheels themselves. Right. <laughs> like, you're testing something different, but there's something else that's broken. And can you let us know? We think we've put in the cert. We put, we've put in the those circle wheels but we're not sure if they're there yet can yeah. you check and see if the square ones are still there <laughs> but so like yeah this was always the deal yeah. was like well the, here's a here's a low percentage but at least plausible pipeline to the the work you came here to do the stuff you wanted to be doing i think one of the other things is just as industry consolidation happens the number of like ladders that exist that do take you to a place that'll be creatively satisfying are drastically diminished. You know, if you joined Raven 20 years ago, there is a, there is a chance there's a path to maybe you maybe being a lead on your own game, something that you sort of created and like feel passionately about with, uh, with your co-creators. Now you're just servicing Warzone. And like that's not to say that it, like that nobody could find that job satisfying or it's not, you know, good and important work for, for someone who wants to do it, uh, but it's a different deal, right? Because now the deal, now it's very explicit that like, no, you just exist to keep this like gushing oil well of money, uh, fountaining out of you know out of out of your studios, 
And then it's largely being the gains for that are largely being absorbed by an investor and a management class uh, that is not like giving you any of those gains and is also uh, accused in many places of misconduct. So like, I think, I think this is the, the other part of this is, you know, if you look back at stories across the games industry, it's always sucked in some really familiar ways. Um, and that doesn't make it okay that it is now or that it did then. Uh, but I think one of the things that's different is now the suck doesn't you're everyone's okay. I think with this idea that they, that there's some jobs you have to pay dues. That's not fair. And some dues shouldn't have to be paid, but I think a lot of people are on some level willing to accept that bargain. Uh, now what do your dues get you? doesn't seem like much at uh, the major publishers. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, and so, I don't know, I'll be curious to see what, you know, I, I'll be curious to see what happens at the Game Awards. I, I'll be disappointed if nobody, I'll be, but look, I, I know that the expectations are low, but this is the kind of situation where a lot of people are going to be watching this. Yeah. And uh, I would, I would be, I would be, I would be disappointed if no one, took the time to be on that stage and acknowledge what Keeley will not. Cause he can't, you know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I, it's easy to dunk on him, dunk away, you know, but you know, he's, he's know just in a different lane. Like that, that's like, he's an, he's an MC. He's a promoter. Like, yeah. I understand why that guy can't do it, but also then, yeah, it's, it's the attempt. Like it's when he ends up walking that line of like, but we do care about the situation. We do observe it. And it's like, yeah, but that care can't translate in anything. So, like, it's worth nothing. Yeah. I mean, granted, it does. I do understand if he'd never raised his ire about anything, which is pretty much his M.O., That that's one thing. But, boy, when. When Kojima Kana- got disrespected. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's. That's that's why it gets under under everyone's skin, yeah. and I, that's why I under that's why that's why I was <laughs> hooting and hollering for the dunking because like come on man like when they go after your boy yeah you know he went hard against Konami as as though you know uh it, it by all accounts Konami not a great place to work and yeah. like treated him like shit whatever you think of like the ego of of Kojima um seemed seems bad um. But wasn't and also Konami at that point essentially divesting of the games? Div- yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, done, it's, it's, done with the it's, done with games, basically, right? Like, yeah, but it's sort of irrelevant. It's like it either I don't know. I think don't it's extremely relevant to his his reaction, right? That that is part sure. of why. That's a good because point. like you know this is never gonna come back on you because they're getting into the health club business, right? Exactly. <laughs> like he's like there there was not really he wasn't putting skin in the game because Konami was getting right. out of games. Right, right. Well, I just can't wait. Uh, you know, when it's, when it's all under new management, uh, like the 2025 Game Awards, uh, when whoever is emceeing at this point, uh, you know, comes out and says, "I've waited my whole life for to bring this out on stage," and curtains pull back, and three guillotines are rolled into <laughs> into the center into the Look, center we stage. Can, Jeff is out here. Uh, asking for suggestions. So, did y'all see that Reddit uh, question? No. Q and A. Oh, for like future ideas. Well, no. Like literally, it was like somebody asked during he was doing a Q and A on Reddit uh, about the game award. Somebody asked, "Will you acknowledge Activision's shitty behavior?" Um, mm. And he responded, "It's certainly 
been so sad to read all of the stories. I'm thinking about the right way to address this in the show and how we can help the situation for developers. Last week, I said I was trying to navigate what to do or say, and that became a whole story unto itself. The situation at Activision is terrible, but there have also but there's also a larger industry conversation to have. How do you guys think I should handle it? I realize I have a big platform, and I'm just trying to figure out how to best help TBH, which is like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A trending gamer could not have handled God. it any better. Yeah, you're, I guess, uh, a small sad star <laughs> for the, trying. Turning the giant knob. Yeah, what's it's the acknowledgement. <laughs> Just uh, that makes a, me think he's gonna say. That makes me think he's gonna say something. I think. Yeah, that, this is. I think it's gonna. There's gonna be some sort of something. They won't. It might not be like great. The show. The show, the show will start something with like. Like, who loves video games? Like, turn to crowd. Like, yeah! But, you know, video games are made <laughs> by, by people. people. Yeah, there you go. Um, there it is. And people. <laughs> and everyone deserves a safe place to work. And yes. as an industry, yes. da, 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 da. Right. Anyway, who's ready for some trailers? Yeah. So, but the, you know what? Had that been things played out without being your arm twisted to right. saying yeah. that, right. I think that would have fallen within the bucket of be like, yeah. What else do I expect from a promotional event that is basically just E3 2.0, E3, E3 West, you know, like whatever you want to call it. You know what I mean? Like, I guess they're both on the West Coast, but you know what I mean? And uh, people just just would expect that. Like, and they'd be like, oh, well, that's better than nothing. But like, we that's kind of all we would expect from the Game Awards and, and Jeff Keighley and given his role. But when it was like, boy, when you have to like, the internet has to spank them to get to yeah. say like a... Uh-uh-uh, harassment bad. Um, uh, that's that's a bad that's yeah. a bad look. Yeah. Well, and, and the last thing, I, I think it's also made complicated by the fact that a lot of people who are still, who, like, have suffered in some of these situations, many of these people are still proud of the games they make and yep. the work of their teams. Yep. And so that's why, like, you do see a certain reticence to say, like, you know what, and burn it all to the ground. Like, don't buy those publishers' games, et cetera. Like, fu- fuck all this. A lot of folks, it's, like... A lot of folks end up in this place of, you know, hating parts of parts of their work experience, but also loving parts of it and being proud of some of the output. And that makes it also really complicated as well, because the industry skates by a lot of times on this on this. uh, It's not just that people ship to get a credit in a game. It is that people want to ship their game. They want to see this thing go and live in the world. And the industry skates by on that a lot, too. Uh, where when when the chips are down, there's, you know, a lot of people are here for love and also a sense of, uh, like, you know, professional achievement. And that comes via making a good game. Ultimately, who does that serve? A lot of times, not the people who actually made it. Uh, anyway, let's uh, take a quick break here, and then we'll dig into what we've been playing and uh, maybe find some time to rummage around the old mailbag. Ooh. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit 
yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. All right, and we're back. So, Kato. Yo. Uh-oh. What's up? Tell me about Chappas. <laughs> chop, chop, uh, chop, chop the, vs. Chop a, versus the, the new Food Network show about League of Legends, right? Right. <laughs> Shit, I downloaded League of Legends over the weekend. I made some mistakes in my life over the weekend. Stop it! You can bring that well, up on yeah, our we'll, Secret we'll Arcane podcast <laughs> yeah. sometime next week. Shh, uh, don't tell Rob that we're recording a Secret Arcane <laughs> podcast. Chort. Ch- uh, Wait, is there an arcane podcast? Yeah. No, I I would definitely (laughs) never reach out to the wonderful crew of people that I recorded a Life is Strange, True Colors, spoiler cast with and go, yo, I've been disrespected for weeks. I've been very patient with my uh, co-workers saying, just watch an episode. So I have like a a group of people to like like, give some context to this great show. Patrick. And then you watch the whole and show. Then and then the I said, and then I said, Kato, I wasn't even going to tell you we were recording this, but now you're in, and the full party's back together, probably in the evening, sometime next week. Yeah. We'll see. Um. Anyway, chop, 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 chop verse. <laughs> okay, chorus. The actual name chorus. of this game is chorus, but they've made some bad branding decisions, mm-hmm. and so they replaced the U with a V. Which makes Chorvus, but then they also cut off one of the stems on the R to make it look That's like a P a and chop chop verses, which is what the joke I'm making. I'm just explaining yeah, the this joke is, now. <laughs> this remind like I just had uh, the first like academic check in with my oldest, yeah, with like kindergarten teacher, where they like, go over like, hey, based on where we expect your kid to be on like uh language recognizing like letters and starting to learn to like figure out how what even is reading um <laughs> and so and uh uh, <laughs> uh she's like all across the board exactly where she should be above in a bunch of great places um what she can't figure out are like what's the difference between an r and a k because that shit's hard. Mm-hmm. They look exactly the same yeah, totally. when you're five years old. And so, like, when you you mentioning this, that's all I could think of was, like, that teacher just yeah. being, just saying, like, look, if she mixes up the R and the K, that totally makes sense because that shit looks similar. But she's five. Um, and I don't understand why the marketing department on this game was like, we have a low budget indie game targeting an audience of people who don't want to play space sims, but just want to like fly around in a cool spaceship and blow yeah. shit up. We're going to make it harder to Google our game. <laughs> <laughs> um, but chorus chorus, uh, I played, I just played the demo. Uh, it's about an hour long. It's really fun. Um, it's not a space sim, but it's an, so what surprised me was I couldn't tell this from the, the trailers that I watched. It's that it's open world. It's an open world space game where you're Ooh. flying around and just put my fi- you just put your finger on my hesitation with it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I think the open world parts are okay. They're fine, right? You're just flying around. There's a 
um, consider something like, uh, uh, what's the word I was looking for? The game I was looking for, the big space game, the big space game where you're in colony wars, you're in space and people didn't like it. No man's sky, no man's sky. Sorry. So in no man's sky, you can fly around and like the whole thing is like, you never, um, stop flying around. It's all seamless until you like teleport from one like galaxy system to the next. Uh, it's here. It's like similar where like you never stop flying around except in, when you teleport from one area to the, you're not teleporting. You're just going into hyperspeed. Um, and yeah, it still is seamless. You can still stop anywhere <laughs> along the way, but like, that's how they get around it being kind of open. Um, but the way that you play the game, uh, is really, uh, fun and, uh, kind of an arcadey take on space combat where, um, it's got a couple neat things. First off, you've got your standard sh- uh, drifting, which any good space game needs to have, right? Like that is, uh, that lets you hold the, the, like, you know, you turn off all your thrusters, you can turn in, in and keep your momentum. That part is great. Um, the one that the, then there's a power where that really kind of changes everything is like basically a get behind an enemy power uh it's called the right of the hunt and you if you are like facing if there's an enemy like on your screen basically and they're within the radius of this power you hit the button and doesn't matter what direction they're flying you teleport to behind them that sounds don't, awesome. Don't encourage this. <laughs> it's so you good. Need to earn your no, kills. you don't understand. It's amazing. Especially it's it's so it feels so good to be like going like face to face. Like they're running at you, you're running at them. And you know, you do this. the fucking firing pass, and then like just before they get out of your uh view, you hit Q and then you're immediately behind them. Oh, mwah. So you didn't do 30% on your thrusters and then like you, yeah, know, you get move that's... around and then This is it. like that episode of King of the Hill Look. where Hank wants to take Bobby hunting <laughs> and he ends up going to like a luxury hunting range where they go up in like a fully furnished tree stand and then the deer feeders pop out at the base of the tree and trusting little fawns oh, walk bullshit. out of the I, clearing. Fuck off. I, no. I like somewhere around the PS1 era and like when like uh, Psygnosis was making like Colony Wars is like kind of the last one I can remember. Like this is kind of like, like the era that these games died in. I I played the wing. I, I, I early PC. I loved playing like wing commander. I got less than a tie fighter and X wing because those required a little more like management. of. The yeah, systems. I think I'm putting together why you didn't get into those. Yeah, because I want the I want the pretty space shooter. Like that's that's what I want. I I'm not a sim guy. Like, but I want I want like the, the like I want the arcadey the thing blow up in space. And that game disappeared. Like it just went away. And I mean, a lot of space stuff disappeared. Like that is sort of as like a setting was not really. You didn't. I, mean, yeah. I guess there was still some stuff on PC, but like generally, like that kind of disappeared after the '90s for for whatever reason, and especially the arcade one, like went went away. Um, and that's why I, it's I, on I the have cool this game down, Rob. I you have, you I, can't do it for every single enemy. You know, you gotta, <laughs> you know, you gotta wait a little bit. Uh, you can <laughs> generous with that cooldown, dog. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> You can uh, upgrade your ship to make the cooldown shorter, so you know that. All helps, right. But, um, okay, so this is I, so this, so and it 
And then the other like bit of combat that you need to do is basically a kind of weapons tree, a uh, weapons triangle. You know, lasers are good against shields, rockets are good yeah. against armor, and then you have your regular Gatling gun for kind of everyday fire. Uh, Just a quick thing, did you get a sense of who you are in this game? Yes. <laughs> yes. What do you so so quick thing about uh-huh. who you're playing about the story? Don't okay. Uh oh. Uh no, it's good. I think it's good. Oh, all right. I think it's good. Okay. I think it's good. I think it ends up. Oh, like Rob good. was trying to take us down. What well, if one of the of. guys working the Death Star laser got woke? Yeah. He, it, wasn't <laughs> wasn't that the whole premise of uh, the, the Star Wars Battlefront two? <laughs> except except dude i literally mean so the opening the opening of this is so i got into a cult yeah uh yep i basically the space yellow turbans uh were like we're sweeping through space and like this guy promised to heal the galaxy and i was like i'm all about that and then he awakened my telepathic gifts Anyway, long story short, <laughs> then he's like, let's start exterminating everyone who doesn't get on board with our program, who does ah, not join shit. the chorus. And she was like, sounds good. And then he was <laughs> like, destroy this inhabited planet and all its billions of uh, billions of beings. And she was like, oh, I hate this. OK. <laughs> and then uh, she was like, you know what? That was too far. <laughs> that I that was too, that was too many billions on my hand. I the first have billion, done it, you know, I was okay that, with it. Uh, okay, now that I've I done that, know, I, I do have regrets. I didn't know those specifics. I did get the idea. I did like obviously they make it because the demo kind of starts in media's rest. It's like I think like the fourth or fifth mission in the actual game, um, and it like you know makes uh, like you're flying around in a in um, the circle is what the cult is called. Uh, you're flying it out in a circle uh, ship, so like people react to you. They like they're always like, "Oh shit, it's a cultist! Please don't kill me!" And you're like, "No, I'm chill. I'm I'm one of the good ones." <laughs> uh, Those exist. Yeah, apparently, like apparently, you're like one of the only ones ever. So no, 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 no. they're orthodox. <laughs> I'm reformed. I'm reformed, Charvis. <laughs> um, uh, but so like yeah, the the story like story-wise you're essentially helping to fight against the cult that you were once a part of uh but that also means that you have this ship people are like weary of your uh you know presence everywhere um so you're like darth vader and you're like ah shit palpatine's evil very dude yes yes it is Mm, like it it is like darth vader was like fuck this shit i'm out of here i'm gonna become a red one (laughs) Like he's that's just that, but also, but also, he's going to be a task rabbit, right? Right. Yes, like, yes. Like that's the other part of this is, and this is. So I start playing a bit of this on Xbox. Um, is it on Game and, Pass? Pardon? Is it on Game Pass? No, I don't think so. Okay. Okay. Uh, just check. But like, I, I was like, I was curious about Choppus. Choppus. And so I, Choppus, I, Choppus Trap House, my uh, favorite <laughs> space pod. <laughs> So I typed that into my search bar. That didn't help. And then I remember it's actually chorus. <laughs> so I started checking it out and I was like, hey, this lady seems like she like a little late in the day to like begin one's right. redemption arc. Uh-huh. Uh, but um, the thing that turned me off a little bit is that it opens strong, but then 
okay, this is really more of a me problem. I concede this. <laughs> it's not like the game is hiding where Critical Path is. It's not like the game is concealing, like, right. okay, look, if you want story stuff to happen, here are the two highlighted waypoints. Right. On the other hand, mm-hmm. it's got a real, like, you could, you know, upgrade that ship so many ways. Oh, my you God. Could, like, buy nice loot. And also, then, of course, you develop masteries by doing shit with your ship. Right. And so, like, the more you do certain tactics, the better you get at them, et cetera. But then the game's encouraging you. You should also just, like, mix it up so you develop more masteries. And I'm like, I should. <laughs> and that leads me to I'm in this open world where it's like, okay, so there are the two waypoints where, like, interesting stuff is going to happen. Yep, yep, yep. And then there's this garbage scow I could escort across <laughs> the empty nothingness of space for like 50 bucks. And I was like, I better escort that garbage scow. Because yeah, I bet, money. first of all, 50 bucks, that's like half of a Gatling gun. And two, <laughs> uh, two, like I'll probably get in some dogfighting along the way. Because you know how people like love to jack garbage scows. So I will like do that. And then I'm like, okay, this experience is getting a little flat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's and that's sort of the tension is, I think for me, Patrick, where, where I get nostalgia for space shooters is, um, like, yes, one, I'm a sim guy. But two, there's the, um, it's a bit like the Burnout series in some ways, where, like, you had, like, there's people who, are like, are ride or die for the ones where it was like, no, there's, like, levels. There's, like, specific races that are, like, authored. And that's kind of where I end up with a lot of space games where it's like free, uh, free space Two is still like the, the high watermark of this entire genre. And every one of those missions is like expertly scripted and crafted, et cetera. Wingman tended to be the same way. And then the genre increasingly is moving in the space of like, um, and this is where like Chris Roberts freelancer actually was sort of pointing, uh, even if it didn't really get off the ground. Um, the genre generally leads in this direction of, well, it's just be open world and like you should have the freedom to go explore and play like, you know, ever more advanced versions of Privateer, uh, which was sort of the, the the open world Wing Commander game. And time was I was really into that. But now I'm like, I don't even want the option to go ruin <laughs> my experience playing like kind of the yeah. C tier quests. Right. Well, it doesn't seem like uh, I haven't played this yet. I'm probably going to download it over the holiday. It's, it's, it's been like my post game of the year post doing stuff like seems like a fun holiday break game to yeah. spend some time with while my kids are at daycare and I have days off um I can just fuck around with something um but yeah I think I think you're right I think this is like a game where like open world is a curse like both for the developer in that gotta fill it with stuff mm-hmm. pad it out um and then for the player where we are encouraged our brains are wired to like tick those boxes and like even if the thing you should do both as like the designers propelling you forward and a player pushing forward. And a person with finite time on God's (laughs) earth. Yeah. It's like, go to the next big thing. Yeah. And that's what colony wars was too. Like, that's like, that that was like the last like big space thing games that I played. And like, those were like, you know, same as like early wing commanders, like go do the story mission. Like that, that's the thing you're here to do. Like go do the big scripted bombing run or or whatever. Um, Go get in this dog fight. And 
it was always the illusion of wouldn't it be cool if I could just like take a left and then like explore space and it's like hey space is kind no. of fucking boring. <laughs> it wouldn't. Like, space is space is like really big and empty and uh, maybe you should just warp to the next important story mission <laughs> or or handle that stuff differently in like like in Wing Commander. You know, like Wing Commander 3 and like those those games like, well, I finished the story mission and then like I'm on the ship and like I walk around and have conversations like I have that. The, 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 yeah, the, the feeling low, of choice, that low impact time, the low impact feeling of choice where I'm doing something that's driven yeah. by what the player wants to do uh, in a separate space that is not especially for a smaller game like this. It's like, well, uh, I guess we could do an escort mission. Um, and that's not yeah. like dunking on like the person who designed the escort mission. It's just like. It's the low-hanging fruit that's not going to feel good for the game or for the player. Well, and people, people who script these things know what the score is. They like, of course. I mean, it's it's the same thing as like trying to write a million good barks, right? It can't be done. Like eventually, you're just like, okay, and now he's just going to say, "Look out, they're over there." And that's it. There we go. <laughs> like, what's the next variant of that? And, and yeah, and then it's just a matter of like how how well is the game able to communicate? Move on. But then even if you have a game that is communicating that, and I, I, I you know. I don't know, having not played it, like how well or how poorly it does that. Um, you're always going to have players who don't have the self-control to not like sweep up all that stuff, right? right? We're like, got to go do that side stuff. And like, you can just, like, I remember I, like the last time I really encountered that was that opening area in Dragon Age Inquisition. Um, fuck, yep. what is that area called? It's the big, like, uh, the, the, it's got the, not the Barons. That's wow. But it's, uh, mm. I wrote a whole article about it. I was like, that area wasted my Dragon Age Inquisition. Oh, wait, the first Kotaku. one. I remember this, yeah. You, you gotta get out of the... The something got, lands? Uh, I'm scrolling through this article. <laughs> where do I Where, where do I say it? the name? Come on, Patrick! Command F, lands. Lands? Lands. Something lands, I'm pretty sure. Landscapes? 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 I just I wrote landscape. you got you got a four seasons landscaping. Uh, God damn it! No, we're not moving on. Like I, I have Inquisition walkthrough. I, I'm. Are, how many people do you think are screaming at hinterlands? Their, uh, hinterlands! Like yeah, Get out of the hinterlands! Oh, <laughs> R.I.P. Tilted Mill. Gone too um, soon. That was an area. That's the that's like the quintessential like area I think of. Or like beautiful i'm i'm loving the way this game looks and plays and these characters i'm gonna do everything there and by the time i left i was like i don't want to play the rest of this game because i'm exhausted um and it's because it's like we got this big open space you gotta fill it and then it turns out doing that with good scripted like interesting stories setups character like there's so much work that goes into that and so um I don't, I don't know, but maybe I'll just have to keep that in mind when I play it and just like, hey, maybe just do enough to like upgrade your ship a bit and then like keep pushing along. Having dragged it a little bit for just like committing some of the sins of open world stuff, I will say, Kato, did you get a sense of like, um, because this is really played up in the in the opening stages of the game, but like. Did was there inner monologue stuff happening when you were playing it? Yeah, yes, yes. Her like she whispers to herself basically, or like it's the yeah, it's it's like her inner monologue, but it's always in whispers. It happens. Yeah, it's a lot. I, I kind of dig it that she's like that. Her trying to be a decent person is this mask she's putting on, right? That yeah. like, but still, like her instincts, everything about her is this like cold blooded executioner uh, for this cult. Oh, that's interesting. And so 
throughout all of this, like what she is saying and doing publicly is performing. Like she doesn't want anyone to know like what she used to be. Um, yes. She is trying to like, she's trying to manifest like what does a normal, like peaceable person in this universe, like look and sound like, Yeah. but then her in her head, like her first reaction to things, her knee jerk is like, you could just kill them all. That's interesting. That, that's interesting because I'm not sure how far in the de- the de- the demo is, but the sense I was getting a lot more is that, uh, the her inner monologue had changed at that point to be more just about, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I, her anxieties around people like not trusting her, right? Like yeah. at this point, being like, oh, like I'm still in the I'm still in this chorus ship and like or in this uh circle cultist ship and, um. I should extend uh, trust. Like there's, there's, there's an option to like uh, trust some pirates at a certain point. Yeah. And she like turns that kind of back onto herself and is like, well, I'm going to try to extend the trust that people won't extend to me, to them. Um, and I, yeah, I think that part is actually uh, an interesting way to get at, you know, Especially when yeah. a character, this character is like going through a big change in like what their worldview and like position in that world is. So I think it's, I think it mostly, it mostly worked for that, that, that hour. Yeah, that, so that part I kind of sure. dig. Like, yeah. Cause like, I, I think characterization is tough in games like this because ultimately yeah. you're a spaceship. Right. Right. Like, yes. here I am. I'm 100%. a spaceship. What, like, how am I developing my character? Well, I put different guns on it. Yeah. Uh, but so you have to, and then most of the like the conversations happen uh, like via radio messages and such, um, and and so I, I kind of dig this approach of well, you're also getting messages from your own sort of tattered conscience uh, at times, and I like that part sort of catches my attention. It's 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 nifty. I'm I'm gonna stick with it a bit longer to see uh, you know how it develops. Um, yeah, I need to actually, and also actually if I can, get it so that I can see what the, the arc is on, on that stuff. Cause it was a very small slice, but a very fun slice that. that yeah. Got, that oh, did, did you do any, uh, like, uh, finding ghosts? No. Okay. Yeah. So this is something I don't know if they would do without the game, but the opening of the game, you can go up to places and, uh, it's a bit like, Oh, it's about like any number of games where you go to a place where there's like ectoplasm hovering oh, and you're sure. like, uh, press A to summon this memory. And it's always <laughs> bad shit. It's always like, oh, no, Something here's, where, bad the, here. here's yeah. where the cult mil- murdered another million people. Hope I was involved <laughs> with that. Uh, that stuff is less well, less well rendered because uh-huh. like. It's like the ectoplasm just flickers and you get some radio messages, but like. It's not like you see ghost ships or anything, which would be kind of huh. cool. It's just kind of right. weird. It's like you just sort of float your you float your little spaceship over to a space bloodstain and you're like, hmm, wonder what happened here. <laughs> and then you hear like uh, like some fucked up shit. Uh, but yeah, like I'll I'll be sitting with it a bit longer. Uh, it's it's an interesting game. Uh, Patrick, you've also been dipping into some demos, right? I have been kind of remind me. I'm sure I can get you a code for that full, full oh, that'd game be great. if you want to play Thanks, more sir. um <laughs> yes i yeah i'm playing a, a couple uh different things there's a 
Microsoft's done this a couple times now. Uh, they did it earlier this year, um, like a like a demo festival, kind of like how Steam does. Like, hey, play a bunch of slices of pre pre release uh, games, um, and they have a new one going on on Xbox right now. I don't. They claim there's like a landing page for that. I have no idea. I could not find it. I hate the I hate the Xbox and the PlayStation UI. I think they're both trash. I wish they would just start over. I can't find things on either of those. Uh, it's like easier to install things on xbox.com than it is to uh and send it to my xbox and it is to navigate the actual console ui that's it's what like, i constantly it should do. be I, an amazing ecosystem and it's just fucking terrible, terrible. like terrible. I, like why do i still not know which of the three things that are like xbox label on my pc is the correct one for what i want like well, okay well the pc is like you know its own but they want it to all be nightmare. one beautiful I thing know. where it's like they talk to each other and they just don't uh, well, look, they uh, Game Pass games can still uh, corrupt your hard drive. Um, so <laughs> uh, that's, you know, a problem. Uh, yeah, so th- three I'll hit them really quick uh, that I played and and, and liked quite a bit. Um, shortest one is a game called Overpass. Uh, it, and these are all demos. You can just go down. Uh, again, <laughs> if there's a landing page, just search them on the store and you'll find the demos. Uh, Overpass is uh, this music rhythm game where you – it seems like you're kind of like in a car – and you're looking up and like different objects in the environment represent like um, if you're getting into the like the left, uh, middle or right lane and then you're hitting a button to sort of like confirm that. So it's like uh, left lane, press A and like that like confirms like the direction you're in and like the input. Um, and uh, it has the common problem of like the, uh, the first area with like it's like, you know, techno electronic music uh, feels very disconnected from – the button input and like that's the satisfaction I get from music rhythm games is I like want the tactile feeling of participating in the music or that being reactive in the environment somehow. The moment I play a, a, a rhythm game, music rhythm game where like that's not connected to the music in some way, I don't know what I'm doing there. Um, and w- there's only two levels, but the second level like really starts to kind of like hone in on that. And like there's this this as the the song increases, you have like trees falling over and those are like the thumping beats of like the drums and like you're doing that alongside your fingers and you have like drones coming in over overhead and you're like switching lanes why it's like it could be really cool it seems like a really it sounds really demo. cool i don't know where you so it could be it's well, that's not- what i mean it, I, don't, I don't well it's only two, like by the end of the, the end of the second level i was like oh yeah like go give me a harder version of this and like where i'm really like going along the music and then it ends and it comes out next year um but it's oh, worth okay yeah, so, like, there's just enough of a taste that, like, I could see something really cool. Like, the aesthetic is, like, I don't know, like, it frequently feels like I'm, like, driving through Vegas. Uh, there's, like, like weird future pyramids and things like that. I don't even know how to really describe, like, the, the look that it's going for. But for me, at the end of the day, it's, like, the music and the button presses and, like, how does that go – how well those go together? And by the second song, it went pretty well, and I'm, I'll be curious to see where it goes in the future. Um, Loot River – Highly recommend checking out. I this was a game that uh, we loot river <laughs> wider than the night. Na- Sorry, go on. <laughs> no, you no keep going. Like go until you run out of words. Uh, is what's the best way? Uh, a, 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 a roguelike action game mashed up with Tetris. Um, yeah. uh, which is to say, yeah. <laughs> uh, kind of an overhead kind of hyper light drifter ish, like you know, sort of action game. Like you're controlling oh, this little right. character. Yes. Suddenly, I'm um, having <laughs> visions of that. Yeah, uh, we watched we watched a trailer, trailer of this. Yeah. I think back during our our E3 uh, uh, streams, um, this one that had caught my eye 
Probably not during the wholesome games because it's like violent and bloody. Um, but um, yeah, like it's it starts off seeming like pretty standard in which you are uh, controlling this little uh, a figure who I don't you know is fighting the good fight for whatever reason this game <laughs> is invented. I have no idea what the story and lore setup is. Um, and then, but it's all in these kind of like watery areas kind of like uh like a venice situation where it's like oh like there's all this like water around this like civilization what's the deal and then this the moment you get onto a platform like a little piece of um like wood um it's kind of the boat like but clearly not a boat um and suspiciously in the shape of of tetris pieces um with the right analog stick you can move those those pieces around and so there is both a puzzle and an action element to that the action element is that like I had this uh, uh, sequence where there was a like a a, a kind of like mid tier, not quite a boss, but like definitely like more than just like your standard enemy that's just there for XP fodder uh, in front of me. And I was like, I wonder if I could just like slowly move my my piece up while I'm on top of it, poke them, and then go, then leave before they can do anything. And I could, and so it's like I'm just like going up, poke, and then like holding down right on the the right analog stick or down on the right analog stick and going away. There's like puzzle elements to that <laughs> where you are like you can't get through an area until you like sort of like move the pieces around and then figure out the right one for your character to get on and then move forward. Um, I made it as far as like the first boss who was this game's really hard. Uh, it it like the character is slow, like you. It feels like uh, a Dark Souls comparison. If you have heavy weight on, um, I always play those games with medium weight. I get a little bit of roll, um, but a little bit of uh, like a protection. <laughs> this feels like I've got that heavy on. I can't move that well. Um, all my all my attacks are super slow. Um, maybe that is related to the weapons you're getting by default. I don't know, but it definitely it doesn't feel as snappy as I was expecting, and especially as snappy relative to the pieces you're moving around, like you can really whip the, the Tetris pieces around thus your character. But when it actually comes to moving the, the actual, you know, player character that you're, you're controlling, that is very, uh, I don't know, kind of cumbersome. It didn't feel great. Um, but I love the like spin on things. And so I'll definitely be keeping an eye on that when, uh, it comes out sometime next year. Uh, and then the last one, um, is the the new game from the Guacamelee folks. I liked that mm. first one, did not care for the second one. Those were uh, like these really cartoonist Metroidvania style, style games. Um, and this is something pretty different. Nobody saves the world. Uh, it's like this, you get dropped into this, uh, <laughs> like you're the nobody. Um, you are this kind of like blank uh, looking white, like if you're starting to draw a character, but then gave it no characteristics or color <laughs> or features, you are just a white blob. Um, and uh, you are like drop into this, like kind of whiz, like this fantasy universe. Um, and like the local wizard has disappeared. Things are going wrong. And uh, <laughs> you like the local wizard's apprentice uh is supposed to be the one who should put things right because they're an apprentice. Like they were just about to graduate. And then you look into a drawer. And As we all know, wizard apprentices are go-tos when things are always, fucked up. Famously, yep. they're the people who fix problems. Don't cause them. Exactly. Uh, and there's a note from that like city wizard <laughs> kind of mayor type. who's like, hey, here's a key. Like go fix things, apprentice. And like your character after being after meeting this apprentice and being like, this guy fucking sucks. Like I want nothing to do with him. You like take that object 
you get caught stealing that object and get sent into like the dungeon of the wizard to escape. And like, that's where like the mechanics of the game come into play, which is, and nobody saves the world. You are your main character cannot do anything. Like you have an attack button that can like bust open a, a chest or something to, to reveal money, but you look very meek and you're just like, like you can't do anything because <laughs> the whole game is about changing forms. And so as you complete tasks, you upgrade your character and that, that in uh, basically gets you like different forms you can change into. Like you can be uh, a rat that uh, can uh, poison enemies and then eat them for health. You can change into a burly soldier type. You can change into an archer. You can change into, uh, I think those are the three that I got in the demo. Um, and then uh, as, uh, so that kind of plays into the the world you're exploring where it's like, hey, this area can only be accessed if you're the rat. But you can change just, you just pull up a, a wheel like it's a weapon wheel switch over to that and then within those different form or class types are different attacks. But what what I was what I thought was cool like more than just like that's a fun way to set up kind of an action like Zelda-y sort of game is that uh the way to upgrade each of those individual characters is by accomplishing kind of like weird tasks related to what their uh their actions are. So for example, um you know, uh the soldier type, yes, they can become more powerful by just pure attacking, but that's just filling in like a quest that says like kill 60 enemies with your sword attack. But then if you want to upgrade them where they uh, get access to more abilities, you're going to have to play the game in different ways. Like for example, it's like, Hey, kill 30 enemies when you only have 50 HP relating remaining. So it's like you purposely need to get hurt or be at low health and then attack a bunch of enemies to fill that in and all the different forms in order to upgrade them. It is not just using them. It is using them in often slightly strange or different ways than how you would normally play those, those sort of different class types. And I found that part to be like really cool and enjoyable. I always, I've said this before, like I like it when games prompt me, to play the game differently than how I would just settle into. And it seems like part of this game's premise is, hey, if you want, if you like this form and you want it to be more powerful, well, we're going to force you to play it increasingly different ways and weird ways in order to upgrade like that specific path. And if you don't want to do that, well then, you know, go, go screw around with one of the other forms and, you know, see what you can, you can do there. So um, it's really neat, cool art style, like novel, like mechanical uh, setup for, an otherwise pretty uh, familiar premise. Um, but yeah, there's a nobody saves the world loot river overpass. Uh, and there's, there's a bunch of other games. There's like a beekeeping simulation game that I didn't check out, but I'd heard some good things about, but um, yeah, some cool, cool stuff up there. All right. Um, can we talk about the stalker screenshots a little bit? Just for <laughs> one quick second. Sure. Just one little thing. Absol- absolutely. Absolutely. <sighs> Pat, you posted you posted a screenshot and you were like, this is an actual Stalker 2 screenshot. And I think mm-hmm. you were starting noticing the same thing I did, which is that it looks a lot like concept art come to life. Like, that's yeah. an actual screenshot. Yeah. That looks yes. like concept art, uh, which is exciting. Like, that'd be if a game look like that. That seems like be pretty is cool. It, is it also exciting for you, improbable. Patrick? Why? Why? Why would it not be exciting? Because your computer. <laughs> I got Xbox Series X, baby. This game is like being promoted <laughs> okay. as okay, but that's not off of Series X. But it'll look it'll it'll look good. This is <laughs> part part of the part of, part. Of, I guess this game is being one of the first games that's going to be published like using Unreal Engine Five. I think that is, the, oh, I think that is okay. the case. So that may be 
hmm. a contributor to why it looks as right. But do we nice believe in them? No, I absolutely not. Um, uh, but I, here's <laughs> these are bull shots. You're saying I don't know if they're <clears throat> bull shots, but um, I've been skeptical about this game like from the beginning because like the the amount of times that there's like we're making the original Stalker team is making a new Stalker game that uh, that feels like a scam or they're just uh, like even this one when it was announced. I don't know. Had shady vibes uh, when it was when it was first announced. Like especially when it was a game is like. We've announced this game four years before it's going to come out. I hope you look forward to it. It wasn't four years, but it was like a long, it was like a long, long ways out. It's like that just feels weird. But I don't know. This seems like a real game. It hasn't been delayed yet. I still expect that to happen. But I'm hopefully it's just from like March to May. And if they're putting screenshots out like this, I'm hoping there's a game awards trailer that's gonna show us not just like some funny world humor, but uh how's this game? actually going to play and and look i'm i'm cho- i'm choosing to be i i'm i my my heart tells me my brain tells me to be pessimistic my heart tells me to be optimistic uh cuz look if it looked half as good as that screenshot fuck yeah man like let's let's go i mean it looks photorealistic or like like it, you're right it looks like it look, well i would say it looks anything but photographic Sh- but- yes yes i guess i guess what i mean by that is like it feels so close to how you would in your mind's eye imagine like what would a next gen stalker game look like and it's like yeah well looks like that <laughs> Kato do you believe no okay I am cynical. well <laughs> they these look like re- they just they look like do. screenshots they just they, look like screenshots. They don't look like I. They don't look like bullshits to me. No, it, but it does kind of look like somebody put a gun in front of some concept art. <laughs> it looks like I just, the what I think. The, I think what it's going to be. It's like this will work if your machine cost you like an arm and a leg yesterday. Well, it's like it's in engine, yes, but we rendered it at like eight K and like uh, yes, the one with uh, the dogs. That that just looks like a video game. Oh, that yeah. looks like a that looks like a game that I you could boot up. You know, I mean, yes, the fog is very pretty, but um, I don't know. I, yeah, I, yeah, I would, li- I would like to believe. Uh, I want to believe. I, I, I definitely want to believe. Uh, it makes it feel real, though. I mean, those look like they, those are coming from in in an engine, right? Like, yes, I yes. No, know. I mean, I think they are coming from in an engine. I'm just, I feel like it's like performance or balanced <laughs> mode or whatever. Like, it'll be like pretty, but maybe not run super well. If you actually if it actually looks like this i don't know just well and the other the other tricky thing too is like a lot of times like stuff can be really striking in a, in a beautifully like composed still image but right. if you're like moving around in a game that actually looks that way like visually you can't see any like nothing pops right right um so i am i'm also curious like if the game does look like that how do you make that style not kind of overwhelming uh to like sort of hang around in I mean, it's also the case we have, I don't, to my mind, we have not seen like a real next gen game yet. Like Ratchet and Clank was extremely pretty, but a lot of that could have just been a game that you played on the PS4. Um, I, 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 I guess I can talk about it here. I forgot. I didn't put it in our notes, but like I've messed around with that Matrix Unreal Engine 5 thing, which is basically like an Unreal Engine 5 coming out party. And I just confirmed like this game is in a UE5. Mm. Like we haven't played games in UE5. And yeah. um, right. if you watch any of those tech demos, uh, it seems like genuinely like part of the reason why games don't feel like we haven't had that like next gen bump is because like, the, like that was unfortunate, like unfortunately it was just like a couple of years off and right. that we're going to, I think, start seeing 
you know, Keeley's a, you know, he's a marketing guy, but like he, one of the things he has said is like a couple of the trailers that he's seen for the game awards, like feel like what people have been waiting for is like, where's that game that's going to like fucking pop? Like make me feel like what are developers doing on this new hardware that they couldn't do before? And I guess that's where kind of maybe I choose to believe is like, we really haven't seen actual games running on mm-hmm. Unreal Engine 5. And the major stuff is is neat. Like it is not uh, a game. What's that called again? Um, uh, the Matrix Awakens, a Unreal Engine Five experience. I think that's what it's called. And <laughs> it, it is. It is more the latter than the former. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it has it, the the, uh, the script was uh, written by uh, Lana Wachowski. Uh, it would the like there are there are shots of like. Uh, Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss, like that was shot by, by, by Lana while like, while they were shooting, um, you know, uh, resurrections. Um, and I, there's a moment where Carrie Ann Moss has an unreal joke that I was like, how many times did she record that? Like, I mean, it's, it's meant to be cheeky and like yeah. make you roll your eyes. Um, but it, dude, it's, 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 it's extremely pretty. Like it is like, there is a chase scene, um, that is basically like, playing like the matrix reloaded highway uh scene in real time um that is is really like something else um uh like it just looks incredible and if like that is a hint at what games are going to look like it makes me think like this screenshot's not necessarily fully off um based on what i saw in that little tech demo i've got a story going up it'll be up by the time you listen to this where i uh I didn't f- closely look at who I was on a call with um, to interview uh, to do. An, I booked an interview like related to uh, that little uh, Unreal Engine thing. Mm-hmm. And then like five minutes before I like looked closer and I was like, oh, like the CT- CTO of Epic. And I was like, all right, you know, some executive uh, like I'll figure out some questions to ask them. And then I was like, oh, that's the visual effects supervisor for like, all the Wachowski movies, including the three Matrix movies, and then they just moved over to Epic as part huh. of like the Hollywood and like converging, you know, with the Mandalorian and all these other things. Um, it was like a super f- fucking fascinating wow. interview with. Uh, it, we spent a lot of time talking about like different movie tricks and what it was like to shoot the highway scene um, relative to like constructing the highway scene in um, the little Matrix game. Um, uh, like for example. Uh, one of the things that uh, they brought up was the fact that uh, they had no way to simulate like car crashes and things like that, or like to do it accurately when they're like pre-visualization process. Like previs is like, Hey, we're going to do like animatics and like 3d renders, of, like how we think a scene is going to look and, and work in conjunction with the physical shots and the digital effects that we're going to start constructing and, and combine with the physical shots when they're shot. And so they just kind of had to guess, like, we think this is how we want the cars would work. And then they got to set after they built a 1.25 mile long highway in Alameda, <laughs> Alameda, California. Like they actually constructed a highway for that for that movie. Um, and they were telling me like they would get on set and tell the stunt people like, all right, so we, like this is how the shot set up. And this is what we want the car to do based on like how we've done this pre-visualization. And the stunt people would be like, you can't cars don't do that like no and so they just had like throw out the previous shots because they couldn't do enough simulation work to understand 
what they could do. So just fixing the fixing the shots in post or just like coming up with different ideas in real time. The other thing was while well, they were shooting the highway scenes to try and put uh uh to line up the what they thought the shots were going to look like with the effect shots they were planning or already working on because frequently and even back then and especially now they'll work on effects for scenes like before they've shot the movie and during while they're shooting the movie like because they take so so long to put together they would put like tape on the ground um for the the like the stunt people who were driving the cars and be like hey if you could drive like in between this tape uh that'd be great because that like that'll be like a marker we're using and then they'd be like None of them could do it. Like none of the stunt people, like they would just be wildly off the mark on the tape. And they're like, well, I guess we're reinventing that shot again when we get in <laughs> into post. And the other like really good factoid, there's a bunch in the story. Like I, I, I didn't even intend to write it up. I thought I was just going to talk about it here. And then it was just like a bunch of really fun matrix facts was, uh, so they were uh, talking about the fact uh, that uh, when you see like, the cars in the highway chase in, in reloaded um, a lot of times are like, you know, they are like, like uh, rolling over and bashing uh, real cars and like glasses shattering everywhere. And they were like, so if you like look closely, it's like way more glass that makes sense for like what a car would have. <laughs> they're like, because we don't know what's going to show up in the shot. And like in the back of those stunt cars were people whose whole job was to just have buckets of glass. And so when the car like was being flipped or like that was a sequence where like a car was doing like in- a crash, they're just dumping glass out of buckets in the back. Just, 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 just try to shove as much <laughs> as you can outside of the back of that fucking car so that it looks semi-realistic. Whereas in, like this chase sequence in the in like the little tech demo they've got set up, uh, it's like the glass that's shattering is simulated to be the glass that would shatter out of a out of a car, and so um, just a lot of little things like that that were like really fascinating parallels to having just watched those movies and then seeing this. Um, it, it's definitely worth downloading if you've got a PlayStation or an Xbox. It's probably on PC as well because um, it is really pretty and then kind of a goofy um, glimpse at like future future tech. Anyway, Stalker 2 looks good, too. <laughs> I hope. That's a long way of saying Nobody would have ever wanted to wake up if only the Matrix had been running UE5. Mm. <laughs> Fuck. No, it would have been too perfect. The, that's, UE5 that's the one the thing fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Uh, Pat, do you want to hit anything else, or should we get into the bucket? That's it. That's all I got. Let's go. Do you play anything, Rob? Oh, yeah. You know, I'm... Uh, uh, you know, hey, <laughs> hey, gang, it's Topical Gamer here. Uh-oh. Um, oh, should I not have said anything? I should have just gone to the mail. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. For reasons. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what I need to do? Mm. I need to go back to Forza Motorsport 7. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> We're not there yet. We're not there yet. And I need to turn off like pretty much all the driver aids and then set all the race distances to hard uh, to long and just like zone out and drive cars for hours. Okay. So that's what I've been doing. Um, Relaxing. (laughs) It is relaxed. You know, when, when a race is like 13, 14 laps, you know, there's a little tactic at the start, but then you got like 
eight or nine laps, you're really just like, how do I set faster times? It's like a live time trial. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. The car's changing handling traits. The tires are getting a little worn down. Uh, so that's what I've been doing. I'm playing a lot of Forza Motorsport 7. It's the longest race as possible. Can you um, download? Haven't they been shutting those games down? No, because this is the mainline game that's ah. not. No, Horizon, yes. They do burn behind them, uh, which sucks. Like, if you try to go buy, like, any of the old Horizon games except for, I think, four, I think you're out of luck. Um, I don't think you can get three. If, if you've got, like, them in your library, they're not gone. Which I think this is the bummer of the Horizon model of, like, they create these amazing, gorgeous game worlds. And after a period of years, they basically destroy the game and like I mean, delete it's, it's it. Like, it's like a licensing issue, right? Like it's like it's like, hey, to to re to to re up all the cars we've got in these games doesn't make financial sense anymore for the amount of people I, that are. I guess, but like this is not <clears> a sorry, problem it's, with it's old services. Buy, it's services towards buy the new one. <laughs> uh, yeah, like sure. this is not a problem with old racing, like with other racing games, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like if gotcha. I if I load up, uh, you know, and. Uh, an old Gran Turismo that it's like, well, we can't even like let you play that anymore. Well, I, I don't know. Like the issue is when you bought those, you tend to collect them. Now they're live service games. So first they turn off the services and then they delist. Um, so I don't know. Maybe you can't even play. Maybe you couldn't even play some of those older games uh, if they sort of had existed in the sort of digital marketplace landscape. Uh, but yeah, no, that's the bummer with, with, with Horizon. Motorsport 7, I think because that's still... It, like that, I think Motorsport is still the flagship franchise in some ways, even though Horizon is the much bigger deal at this point. Like Motorsport is where a lot of the tech emphasis goes, is where a lot of the simulational uh, like fidelity goes in. So Wait, that that's still around. You're playing Motorsport Seven. Yeah, that got delisted in September. It did not. Yeah. Yeah. So what? That's, that's one. That's one that was coming to mind. Yeah, they it's literally not. the one that you are playing right now got delisted this September. But everyone's still on it. Well, yeah, if you own it, you can still play it. They just yeah. won't let you new people. This is fucked up. Yeah, I, Xbox just announced that Forza Motor 7 will reach its end of life status on September 15th when the game reaches end of life. When is Motorsport 8? Well, probably next year, right? This is nuts, dude. The game and its DLC will no longer be available to purchase in the Microsoft Store or available with Xbox Game Pass. After September 15th, players who already horrified. own Motorsport 7 will still be able to download and play the game and its associated content as normal. All the live services are still up. That's the weird part. It's huh. like they're still doing events and shit. It's like, hey, you want to take part in like the holiday event? That's probably yeah. just so, like so, <clears throat> re So they're in this in this in this fact it says why do Forza games reach end of life and it'll become unlisted? Um, Forza games become unlisted due to the expiration of numerous third-party licenses. Uh, That's fucked next, up. Next question. Uh, <laughs> why can't you tell us when other Forza games are reaching end-of-life status if it's a matter of licensing? Not all licensing terms and agreements are the same. Does this mean Forza Horizon 4 is also going to reach end-of-life status and reach Xbox Game Pass? So 7, gone. 4, available. Between cars, destinations... Sure. Tracks, race teams, and music, as well as other licensed content, there can be over 500 signed parties in any given Forza game. Different licensing agreements have different terms and expiration dates. As such, implementing an end-of-life plan for each Forza game is a natural part of delivering world-class automotive experiences to fans. This is not world-class. This sucks. (laughs) 
Yeah, in addition, features like multiplayer and online services will still be accessible for those who own the game. It doesn't say here when that eventually gets shut off, but it looks like, yeah, delisted first. And then eventually... That's so weird, because, like, the thing is, Motorsport 7 does not... Like, it's not that old, is it? 2017? It's been a minute. Yeah. But usually you'd wait until the new one's out. Yeah. Like, the, as far as a, like Forza Horizon and Forza Motorsport, while there, I'm sure there is overlap, are targeting different, like, there, there are some different, you know, audience, you know, uh, targeting that's happening there. So it's a, a little odd that that one got shut down. Also, I never want to hear Microsoft talk about, like, our oh, music license agreements. Your weak-ass soundtracks are not worth, uh, <laughs> like, putting anything in end-of-life, so- like, status. It's probably, it probably has something to do with the cars. Probably has something to do with the cars. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, but yeah, that's that's wild. Um, yeah, I would not have thought that they would delist like the new game's not even out, and like yeah. it's it's so aimed at being like the 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 sim the the racing sim offering that Microsoft makes. That is uh, wild to me. Wow, it's getting it's, it's getting nasty. It's gonna out there. happen. It's gonna happen eventually, right? Did they already what? announce it? Eight. They've said that they're building it. They just haven't. I don't think they formally shown it, which is okay. This is the part That's where it. like everything becomes a blur for me. What was the really? Was it Gran Turismo that had the really underwhelming like trailers? Mm. I don't like, know. are we sure no, we haven't no, seen we anything have, of? No, yeah, of there, there's, there's a, there was a trailer. I'm looking at a trailer yeah. now for they, they didn't put the number on it. It's just called Forza Motorsport. They're doing the iPhone thing. Well, it's easy to start doing that once you start sunsetting uh, everything behind you. Yep. <laughs> um, oh, that just drives me nuts. Because here's the other thing I hate about that, right? Old cars are cool. So it's kind of nifty to be able to go back to like an older game and like see what was the top of the line back when you play this stuff. Right. Uh, and if you're like constantly deleting that, you're also kind of deleting the like selection of stuff that existed in that game. Um and I imagine not all of it comes back. Now, right. Forza car lists just get absurd, and not every car seems to be modeled with, like, um, not every car seems to have, like, particularly distinctive or interesting uh, handling characteristics. It gets, it, 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 you know, the, once they started moving into a model where it's like, here's your rare cars, here's your legendary cars, uh, you were going to start getting some dross uh, at the common tier of cars. <laughs> like, uh, you know, you open up your little car pack, and it's like, oh, no, another Miata. So that's the direction they've gone. But anyway, well, I'm having fun with it. Just just vibing, playing my old <laughs> racing game. Did you so you owned it outright? You didn't have it on Game Pass, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. Uh apparently if you had it on Game Pass but bought DLC, they're giving you the the full game for free so that you can continue to play it once it's delisted. Mm. Or well, did. It's already delisted. Was delisted. Now it's too late. So now I'm in this, so now I'm here and I'm like, man, you know, I forgot how good Forza Motorsport 7 was. It's it's gorgeous. Uh, you know, the racing action is fantastic. And genuinely, there's some great shit in that game. Uh, and if you missed it. Sorry. Guess wait, what wait, gets yeah. you? Wait, wait, wait for the pirates to oh, catch wait, up no, in 10 if, years. If you if. Yeah. Good news, you will receive a token for the game through your Xbox message center, and that token doesn't expire until 2023. So you still have a chance to download that game, even though it's been delisted. See, this is why I suspect this is one reason why. Um, <laughs> so if you get into like hardcore God. sim racing, 
I don't know if it's still like this, but for a long time, like one of the real like foundations of that was this old racing game called R Factor, which basically didn't have like many licensing deals associated with it at all. But it did have a high degree of modability. And so R Factor would turn into like this uh, like foundational element for a lot of different racing sim setups because the mod scene was just creating like different types of racing within it. And you could just keep scaling it up, like pushing resolution uh, and and pushing it, like inserting new like physics models for different cars and such. Uh, and I always sort of wondered like why communities end up stuck on these on these old games. And if this is where the licensing landscape has gone, then, yeah, it suddenly makes a lot of sense that ultimately your sim enthusiasts would end up on like gray areas i guess where they're where they're playing like uh really more more like ma engines than games uh in in some ways that's a bummer that uh it's a good game i it does and that this their thing it doesn't feel out of date you know you play these things and it's like last generation in terms of like what a racing game looked like then i'm sure motorsport 8 is gonna look you know we're going to be living in an Unreal Engine 5 era tech uh, tier. Maybe it will be more amazing, but like an old game still looked good. Mm-hmm. So that's weird. Anyway, that's what I've been doing, Patrick. I'm playing a dead game. A literally <laughs> dead game. Dead like, game. Dead everyone, game. Just at, everyone just at Rob. Dead, dead game. game. Microsoft is, is like holding it down in the bathtub. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. But it can breathe. But it can breathe until oh. its twenty twenty three tokens taken away. <laughs> why? Why are you still playing this? Uh, okay, so the mailbag oh. is that. Is, is that the new uh... the question bucket? It's the okay. question bucket. He, but you just said it was such an authority. I was like, is that the new? Make that a sound drop. <laughs> the mailbag. I was gonna talk about destiny. Wait till Monday. Okay, fine. Speaking of dead games, tell us, tell us about the. <laughs> that, that, that was absolutely the. <laughs> that was the segue. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Okay, so somebody had a. Where is it now? God damn it! Somebody wrote in. I can't find it. Uh, about the the truth behind your AMC theaters. Uh, issue, Patrick. Uh, because. Oh, okay, me, yes. me, me, uh, my finger touching? Yes. What? Uh, Redacted writes in, I worked at AMC for a while, a few years back, and also got written up a few times for having too many cleared items from the till and only found out later what the actual issue is. So for people to, to just to clarify, it was one of my summer jobs when I was a teenager was at AMC and I did concessions and I got in trouble trouble for like, clearing yeah, orders for yeah for like basically like if someone come up was like hey I had like a large coke and a large popcorn i actually accidentally hit medium i fix it i give them the correct order took the right amount of money the exchange all happened but i lost milliseconds of time recognizing that i you know thumbed the wrong thing and fixed it so it's not that i got the order wrong i just took half of half a second longer to input it So Redacted continues, I think the talking points are about being careful and timing, but the real concern is that if you are given exact change, 
you can just clear out the items from the screen without actually charging the customer, allowing you to pocket the cash. My understanding is they don't tell you the real reason, so you don't get any ideas. I found this out after a coworker of mine was fired for this exact thing. He had apparently <laughs> been doing it for years, and it was his primary way of paying for nice vacations. Obviously, he ended up in real trouble, but was sort of a folk hero to the rest of us. All of that said, it's still a deeply stupid and frustrating policy, but one of the pretty hilarious reason. I hope Patrick appreciates having the secret revealed all these years later. Wow. Huh. How much trouble would you have to get in for those nice vacations to not be worth it? Can they charge you with a crime? They caught him, then yes. But if he's doing it for years and years, I imagine there are statutes of limitations that run on some of the yeah. instances. But they can also... And also, like, what's the crime? Is it a felony or is it a misdemeanor? Because misdemeanor is not going to impact your quality of life that much. I think, okay. if you're, I think if you're pulling down vacation money through a scam, then it's a felony. But can they prove... That's what I. But I wonder, can they just prove they did... So we're going to need to follow up here. Yeah. From yeah. How much? Um, How nice. And I want to know what the punishment was. Like, could they only just prove... Well, we know he did it, and he's probably been doing it for a long time, but we have no way of actually showing that. And so, because again, you know, misdemeanor, but you've you've scammed like $20,000 from the company. That sounds pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for how much time though, right? Yeah, it's, right. Yeah, and, the, and that's the thing, like, did they just, did they delve too deep and too greedily, right? Where it's like, Okay, I need somebody to come in here and buy like five hundred dollars worth of popcorn, and we'll go on vacation together or something. I don't know. Right? If you yeah, if you just kept your cool, skimmed, paying for your drinks at the vacation. Mm-hmm. I just don't see. You know what? I don't see how they catch you unless somebody narks. Right. I just don't yeah. see it. I do not right. see it right. because they right. like they would never review the footage. The only person who's going to like, like the only way they find out is someone told on you, and I cannot imagine. Being someone who narks on a fellow concession stand employee for like taking a few bucks here and there, I just can't well, imagine. Doing but it. but your your slightly older manager might. That was always the relationship I had working those jobs, whether it was at the grocery store or the movie theater. It was like, yeah, I'm 16, you know, working, you know, I'm like filling in the popcorn machine. But then like my shift manager, they're not in their 20s or 30s. Or maybe they are like they're in college, like they're just a little bit older, a little pot, a little power. Like that's how I imagine that happens. It's not like yeah, the, the kid I'm working with, they're not gonna. That's the it's a, it's a real big bag. Like some people like getting that manager status, like it actually does matter to them. Like that little, like that little modicum of authority is like what they're there for. Yeah, um, it's like being a cop, but couldn't you know, be me at the, conce- at the <laughs> concession like, stand. You realize you're not actually a manager of shit, right? Like you realize that. You're just a slightly elevated concession stand employee. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, this is I like the guy who worked for McDonald's. Like, oh, the delight he took in filling out that fucking schedule every week. Oh. It was his it was his little weekly ritual where he got his little colored pencils and like told everyone what their schedules was going to be. And people would have to implore him like, please, sir, I have a date on Saturday. Could I please not work after 7 p.m.? And he'd be like, I'll see what I can do. And then he wouldn't. He'd be like, sorry, I just couldn't. Uh, you know, you need to work that night. Like one of, one of my, my best friends at that job. I don't know if I told the story on the podcast before, so I apologize. I've been repeating, but 
uh, you know, there's like a, a dry erase board where you were supposed to put in like your vacation requests. And then like when the next time you came in, someone would tell you if like it was approved or whatever. And uh, we were going on a family vacation. The standard one we did, which is like rent a place in Wisconsin this is before my parents had a place and we'd go up there for like three weeks. And then my best friend at the time would join us for like a week of that. And he just, it was the end of the summer. It was like, let's say like the second week of August, like he could have kept working for a couple more weeks before school started, but he just goes up and uh, just writes on the dry erase board, like uh, insert name redacted, like gone fishing and just wrote like a big underscored line under it and walked away. And in the middle of our vacation where he was visiting, he gets a, like a phone call uh, and is like, Hey, this is uh yada yada from AMC. Um, you just come into work today. And he's like, no, I, I wrote going fishing. I quit. He was like, Oh, is that what that meant? I was like, yeah. It's like, so you're not working here anymore. He's like, nah, I'm done. Uh, he's like, okay, there are better ways to quit. He's like, all right, hang up. You don't deserve them. Amazing. Uh, yeah, and, and I think, our, like, in general, you know, you shouldn't steal shit. But on the other hand, neither should they. A lot of companies habitually steal from you. Yeah. Yeah. Wage <laughs> theft. Look it up. Yep. Dude, that McDonald's place, after you clocked out, it did. It took me, like, wasn't until later I realized how fucked up this was. But they were like, you know, just as a courtesy, after you, when you clock out, Come to the manager and ask, is there anything else I can do? And then you go home. What? Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, no. Yeah. So, like, the As fucking like, grand poobah of this McDonald's franchise was like, you know, that's before you go home, just, like, see if you can help each other, help each other out. Like, uh, do one last thing. And it was always a 15-minute task. And so, you know, you work there. You work there four days. You've done an hour of unpaid labor for McDonald's. Uh, at minimum wage. Fuck them. All right. Uh, also, we have an email here from uh, Justin uh, to the point of unreasonable quotas. Longtime listener, first time writer. The water bottle ask in the ensuing conversation, see uh, previous waypoints, <laughs> about time constraints on the job reminded me of a summer job I had in a small family-owned machine shop. My dad had worked in this particular shop for nearly 20 years and suggested they hire me for the summer. The shop was a subcontractor for subcontractors for some of the largest manufacturing companies in the country, so they were basically bidding they could do a job cheaper and faster than any other shop. There's one particular project where I was put on a finishing lathe for some small parts for airplane engines. The quota I was supposed to meet was 60 an hour, which when I saw this was like, uh, what? I went to my dad and asked, how the hell is this even possible? To which he replied, it's not. Just do what you think is best. So I started down. The fact that this is an airplane engine component is making me a little nervous. I'm not going to lie, but we're going to continue. So I started <laughs> down this path of finishing up these parts. Here's a breakdown of the timings. 15 seconds to put the part in the machine, 30 seconds to machine the part, 15 seconds to take it out, rinse and repeat. Okay, so totally doable. However, what about checking for tolerances? The parts are only accepted by the customer if they fall within the acceptable dimensions. The process was to put out my calipers during the 30 seconds of machining to measure as many dimensions as I could on the previous part, but that's not foolproof. Every 10 to 15 parts, I'd hop over to the inspection station and check it out there too, since their tools were calibrated daily and matched how the customer would be measuring. 
oh, looks like things are starting to get slightly out of whack. Time to adjust the machine. Add a minute or two. Ah, crap. The cutter is dull as hell. Got to go replace that. Add five to ten minutes. Ah, shit. I just burned myself pulling this part out because I forgot the coolant hose. Forgot to point the coolant hose back to the cutting blade. Add two minutes for crude bandage. I'll be fine until break time. All in all, I hit about 30 parts per hour, which I consider the max anyone could possibly do without scraping tons of pieces. There were others working on the same project who somehow managed 80 to 90 parts per hour. Any guesses on how many met tolerances? About 50%. Ooh. This was literally the last step before heading out the door, and we had to trash 50% of the job. Forget about the $5 raw materials cost per part. What about the previous labor put into it by a handful of others? All that work out the window to meet an unreasonable quota. Jeez. Who do you think got the praise at the end of the day? The person who had 30 accepted parts and no scrap, or the person with 40 accepted parts and 40 scrap? You know the answer. To this day, I think it was a backhanded way of my dad saying, don't be like me, go off to college and do something better, which I did. Ever since then, I have the utmost respect for those out there in manufacturing. Thanks, Waypoint crew, for doing what you're doing. And as always, fuck capitalism, go home. Yeah. So the thing I will say is probably the labor that they're paying for is the like the finished parts that come out of the factory, right? Like all this is built in and just assume that like at this rate, the thing that's like sinister is them pretending that they're kind of giving you these bogus quotas to bring up to these numbers. Right. Um, and then encouraging you to, to half asset, making, putting you in a position to half asset uh, in order to just like generate this churn. I had a similar sort of job. Uh, and one of the things, like it was, it was a box factory, uh, just tons of packing materials that were just like, it was like, so think of a paper mill, but it's tons of packing materials uh, that are being made there. And one of the things that you have to remember about like how this stuff is made is it's basically like uh, baked super fast. Uh, so like the uh, the the mush, the the uh, like paper slurry, as it were, is fed into molds. And then it's cooked real fast uh, over fire. Uh, and then it comes down the conveyor belt and it gets assembled. If it gets slightly out of whack, what you end up with is a fire, right? Like at one end, at one end of the spectrum, you've got like goop coming off the conveyor belt. <laughs> now the other end of the spectrum, you've got pieces that are on fire uh, coming off the conveyor belt. And that's not a problem. You know, it's a small, uh, it's, a, it's a large warehouse floor. It's just one like tiny thing that's on fire. You put it out, you stamp it out, uh, you wet it so that it's it's totally extinguished. And then at, at some point, someone comes along and clears it away. But if things start getting out of whack or there's a lot of like um, shit on the floor from like other things not meeting tolerance or whatever. Now you have many things on fire. You have nowhere to put it. And you end up with like growing fires on <laughs> the factory floor. And like this was this shit would sort of happen uh routinely. And this is where I talked to one of the old timers at one point. Um uh, I got like sent over to work with the people who serviced the molds, and they were kind of like um they had an interesting gig. They just spent the entire shift in their workshop just hanging out, shooting the shit. And because they were the only people who could, like, service the machines, 
like the place didn't run without them. And so they would just hang out just like playing cards and like doing crosswords in their workshop and occasionally like mm. tinkering on their molds. <laughs> uh, and then they would, when things went wrong, everything would come to a halt and they would have to come out and they would get the entire assembly line sort of back up and running. And management couldn't do anything with these folks because like they were utterly critical. And so I was talking to these, talking to them once uh, when, when I was sent over there to work with them. And for one thing, it was like managers hated that from their point of view, these folks didn't do shit all day and collected pay. Uh, but on the other hand, they were like highly specialized employees who like didn't need to do their job 95% of the time. And then that 5% of the time, they were utterly critical of the factory working at all. But when I was talking to the old timers there, they're they talking about how like, Back when the union had been stronger at this place, um, whenever you start having safety issues cropping up, there would be union reps on the floor who would just like shut lines down. They would just like be like, hey, this is like this is not working. It's getting out of hand. Uh, We are like shutting down this machine until we can sort of perform maintenance and get it back up and running. And that was kind of that word was law uh, under that union contract and under. Damn that like model of how the factory is organized. When I was working there, the union was basically like, it, like it was still a union shop, but like, you know, the factory was barely alive. Um, and there weren't as many employees and there certainly weren't like union reps doing spot checks of safety uh, on the floor. And so you had like, you know, as, as he put it, like place was just kept getting more dangerous uh, because stuff that like 20 years ago, people would be like, you know, we actually need to like idle this machinery while we deal with whatever this problem is. That didn't happen anymore. Like the model was, eh, you know, it's only a little on fire. Uh, it's only it's only a slightly it's only a pile of like smoldering shit, but it's not actually like a big fire yet. Uh, eventually, oh, the, the fire hoses aren't working. Uh, we'll get someone on that. But I guess we should start dismantling the smolder mound. Uh, but meanwhile, don't stop like taking new stuff off the line and continuing to package it. So yeah, like manufacturing is weird that way. And yeah, like the thing that made an impression on me was also the degree to which like with the, like the union model there had played a role, not just for like salary and like benefits, but also absolutely made it a safer place to work. Um, and once that was sort of cut out of the equation, it just turned into eh, whatever you can get away with. And th- that factory had a similar thing where it generated tons of waste. And I suspect most of the shit we sent out the door was unusable uh, <laughs> because we were also like super sketchy about like meeting tolerances. Uh, let's see here. Man, people have so many good stories about fucked up jobs. I could I could do one more before I need to go be a parent. Okay. Uh, all right. I'm skeptical of this. I'll be willing to weigh in. I'm listening to the Tuesday pod. This is from Jacob. I'm listening to the Tuesday pod a bit late, so I couldn't let you know before. I hope you haven't made a mistake in the time since. Uh-oh. You don't need a $500 coffee roaster. <laughs> all you need don't, don't worry a, I will never make that mistake but I understand where the question is directed at all you need is a popcorn popper 
Sweet Maria's even do a starter kit with a popper and green beans. If you want to improve the quality of the roast, you can use a voltage regulator to slow the roast and increase the evenness of the roast. (laughs) If you get into the habit of roasting, then maybe you can have a look at a dedicated roaster. But worth noting, there are decent roasters that are cheaper, too. Patrick, I think a whole new world is opening up for us. <laughs> I just, I'll, I'll get the popcorn machine. That sounds all right. We make Let's think about it. Like Friday night for the kids. Coffee ain't cheap, but if green coffee is cheap, I mean, coffee, coffee, can, coffee can, be can be cheap. It's yes, you know, coffee can be cheap if it's the big Kirkland bag, and then it's like seventeen dollars. No. You're, no. you're good for a month. <laughs> so don't, but don't. I'm just saying, don't. Coffee can be cheap. <laughs> So you know what we, I recently, you know I, re- I, I, uh, uh, we were at, uh, Trader Joe's and, uh, Trader Joe's has just, it's almost like it's daring me. Like it's created, like, come on, Patrick, like you want to know what this tastes like, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they sell incredibly cheap booze, um, that they only sell there. Like, I don't know if they bottle it. I don't know exactly it's kind of like an Aldi situation where like secretly they have a bunch of booze that's like cheap, but like better than you think. And they had, I think it was a scotch, uh, 1199. I was like, what? (laughs) My heart sings at the prospect of this. Now, granted, it's not like the, the the Kirkland scotch is like one of the, you know, the big ones, but like, this is a decent size. It wasn't like a small batch you know, uh, you know, uh, when you usually get one of those, which is like pretty, pretty small. Um, it was kind of in between. Uh, took it home. It was like, su- it's like surprisingly had no bite to it whatsoever. Um, eleven eleven ninety nine. Wow. I, uh, it's impressive. I haven't had a chance to try the Aldi's one, which it had no have. bite. Um, but did it have character flavor? Yeah, for like ele- for eleven ninety nine, yes. Uh, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know what for eleven ninety nine means. Here's I, I, you know, unfortunately, COVID has delayed Rob visiting again after he came through a couple of years ago. Um, but at some point, you will come through uh, Chicago land again, Rob, and we we will sit down. We will we will do like a live. We will. By We're not doing a blind taste test. That never works out in the no, favor. No, 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 of the no, no, no. No, it won't be a blind taste test. It will. It will be the opposite of a blind taste test. I am going to get a bunch of cheap ones, and we're going to sit and drink and talk about it <laughs> while we take questions from the audience. No, you will, I'm not like, going to make you guess. Sounds like, like great is content, this the, is this the Kirkland Scotch? Which, if we did do the blind taste test, I think you would go. Well, it's not great, but like this is pretty decent. My guess is that would be your response because that's my I response say to it. The like the highest triumph I probably ever had doing a blind taste test was when I correctly identified the uh, like it was like three age stated Macallans, and I, like I was asked to eight like sort youngest to oldest. By age? And, like, wow, that's impressive. Manly. I was like, yeah, I, 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 at least that day I could taste like what was the expensive and what was not. It's like, like, yeah, the basketball player having the, the once in a lifetime game is Rob being able to, to rank. <laughs> Just sort out good scotches. I was like, no, no, no. Hold on. For once I was Michael Jordan. And then yeah. I went back to. Uh, hey, last thing people might be wondering, what do you guys think of Halo? TBD. However, we have a review on our website. Uh, check it out. Cam uh, reviewed Halo Infinite for us. I think we didn't like his thoughts I, mostly line up with the 
like five hours that I I played. Like so <laughs> to explain, so uh, I got access to Halo Infinite uh, pretty early in November. And what Microsoft told me was like, hey, this this build, build this version of the game, um, you know, you've got access to it now and you'll have access to it through the preview phase and the review phase. And I was like, okay. Uh, I was interested in checking out the game. Uh, and then um, like, and then the review phase will unlock for your reviewer, Cam. Um, I, I wish we just made Cam from start to finish because I felt bad that like, I had access to this game for like a full month and Cam got it for a week. They shut they it down for, they shut it, it down yeah. on, they shut the version, they shut the build of the game down on Thanksgiving for reasons that I do not understand. And then also they, like one of the things that Microsoft's able to do, uh, it's like really inside baseball at this point, but um, they can like just flag your account and then through their beta program, like the Xbox Insider so it's like, hey, like we want you to play Halo early. You just go in there and mm-hmm. you can download it, and it's like it's convenient um, for both sides on on the PR side and and on my side. Um, but but uh, they're like, yeah, that uh, that version of the game is just gonna blow up. I was like, excuse me. It's like, yeah, like on December eighth, like it'll just stop working. I was like, why? And I'm like, mm-hmm. like this is gonna stop. And I was like, uh, so if I don't beat the game by December eighth. Just gonna lose all that because they specifically said the saves wouldn't transfer over. They're like, "Yes." I was like, "All right, well, I'm gonna stop playing Halo Infinite," um, which is what I did, and then now I need to. I, I downloaded the Game Pass version, but now I need to. I've since realized that I can play the game on easy and then change the difficulty mid-game. Mm. So I'm gonna ratchet it down so I can catch up to the the bits that I did before. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I Game's review was basically like. The Halo parts are good, feels kind of old, sandbox kind of interesting, weird mix, weird mashup with an older game. Uh, well, if you want to read the actual review and see what Cam actually had to say, uh, you can go to waypoint.vice.com. That's a, TL, that's a TLDR before you get to Cam's nice words. I started playing Halo on December 7th. There's a battle rifle and a pistol that mm-hmm. are really good. Mm-hmm. There's also a horse. Get out of here! All right, what? Uh, get to the get to the outro. He's trying to right. get his destiny talk. Was they that with destiny ha- talk? Yeah, no, they, put in ha- they literally you know put what? in Halo weapons. Okay. Are we? I mean, Are they we? literally put those weapons in there. They literally put those they weapons in there. They did. It's cool. Gotcha. Yeah, that is cool. Uh, you know, it'd be the really the real 30th anniversary thing to do. That would be um, re-release Myth. The Fallen Lords <laughs> and uh, Soul games are bloody. We still need to play. We were not going to play Marathon. We're, we ran out, we ran could out of play time. Marathon. We could play Marathon. Oh, yeah. And also, we're not doing anything with Halo, by the way. Yeah. Uh, we were like, we, we, we waited too long. Uh, we just couldn't. We couldn't get our shit together to no, play. Rob was just Halo. so much more excited by me claiming that we're going to play Kingsfield 4. <laughs> <laughs> Kato and I are going to yeah. play Kingsfield 4 in January. That's I'm not joking. That's what we're going to do in January. <laughs> we'll see. Anyway, uh, no, for our no, Waypoint after, Plus listeners. After stock, I'm just stock. September, October, November, like the rest of us can do it though. Oh, stay Fuck tuned for we next week's uh, Miami Vice uh, revisit yeah, with yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Alex and Dia. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Two and a half hours on Miami Vice. Uh, the TV worry. series. Are we not doing the that movie. next week or is that a week after? I don't know, man. Let's leave a it's... gap between Waypoint. Look, Plus all things. good things flow into Waypoint Plus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in fact, if you, if you tune into a live stream on December seventeenth. Uh, you get a, you'll get a you'll get a glimpse into the future of Waypoint. And we Plus. scheduled that. 
We said it in a meeting and now I said it in a podcast. Get working on your PowerPoint presentation. Wow. I don't, does Rob get to do one? Hmm. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Rob is but staying you here. You don't now. get to be in the sorting hat or whatever we're going to, we're going to do. You're outside of that. You're last. You can still pitch <laughs> sorting us. Sorting hat. I guess that's bad. It's canceled. Sorting hat's been canceled. Yeah. We need a, out. what it's, it's the. Out. Sorting hat probably should have been canceled from the start, honestly. <laughs> but anyway. If all that sounds good. Oh, wait, are we asking for questions? Go oh, to we should, categories? Yeah, can you put this at the top also, yeah. Kato? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Attention, Waypoint Gamers. <laughs> well, no, I thought uh, about doing it at the top, but then we were going to talk about the Activision stuff, and it's like, cool, let's ask for some goofy Game of the Year questions at the top. Also, what's going on with that potential strike at Activision? blizzard uh we're we're we're, uh we're doing only uh two game of the year podcasts one's gonna be a holiday mailbag so if you want to write in just holiday questions you want to do a fresh batch of questions that's not just all the stuff that we're working through um that we haven't gotten to because we're bad about we made better about doing mailbag stuff lately um but if you want to send in some new you know questions do that to uh uh, gamingadvice.com but the other request is we are going to do a game of the year pod where we talk about like our favorite game of the year and I don't know, maybe shout out some, some other stuff that we uh, liked. Um, The other half of that is my thought was what if the reader, the listeners um, and also readers, because I'll write it in the newsletter uh, um, today, today, tomorrow, today, uh, you should come up with categories for us to fill. Um, And so we need to get those in. I think we're going to record that next Wednesday. That's tentatively when we've, we've set the recording. Um, uh, and uh, we will go through those so people have some time to think about them. Although I'll probably keep some categories a surprise to the <laughs> recorders. Um, but yeah, give us, give us, give us uh, categories to fill. Those, those can be serious. They can be silly. But uh, if you write those in for game of the year, um, put that in the title uh, to gamingadvice.com for categories for us to think about the year that was. Um, also, gamingadvice.com. People send things to waypointadvice.com and it hits somewhere, but it's understandable because if you just search for an email to send it to, yeah. like that's the one we do for freelance pitches. So, you know, if it ends Gaming. up there, we'll, I, I, I get it. And Rob gets that email, so okay. it won't get lost, but it's, it, it is easier if you send it to gamingadvice.com. It also hits my email, but they get lost. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're in well. there somewhere. I should set up a filter. Shit. Anyway, back to the outro. Oh, that's I set up I the best do. filters the other day. But anyway, that's what Wait, I Wait, is this the beginning of the podcast or the end of the podcast? I this is both? Great. Now we're if back we... at the end. Oh, are we? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We have to good say we have, to, we have to say thanks. So <laughs> look, did all this sound good? No. <laughs> then you want more waypoint and you can go to waypointplus.com. I'm gonna be clear. It didn't sound good. Before I edited it. I'm sure it sounds great now. Mm. <laughs> Not only do you get access to our premium feed, but you're also helping support Waypoint, especially Waypoint streams. Uh, Natalie and I are just carving through inscription. We're in like the third iteration of inscription. They're 200% uh, done with inscription. We're, we're crushing it. Uh, <laughs> and I think there's a strong chance that we're going to see the end of the last part of the game uh, by the time we actually... I actually have to talk about it on a podcast. Uh, fingers <laughs> crossed. 
next 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 stream i'm confident we'll do it uh anyway once again that's waypointplus.com our theme music is by bowen the tracks miss you off the ep pale machine learn more at waypoint.zone slash b-o-e-n uh you can find me on twitter at rob zachney uh patrick Rimby will find you at patrick Klopik. kata at a underscore kato underscore appears and you can follow Waypoint on Twitter at Waypoint on Facebook and YouTube at Waypoint Vice. Uh, that's us calling it a week. We will talk to you again on Monday. Until then, fuck capitalism. Go home. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Oh, yeah, we're watching the Animatrix, and if you have questions about the Animatrix, you should send <laughs> some in. Okay. We're not going to answer questions about the Animatrix. We never nope. do. No, nope. we're just going to watch the Animatrix. Fucking robots. Send those questions anyways. Just make it real confusing for everyone. <laughs> <laughs>